Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The reading for today is from the gospel according to John, the 15th chapter, beginning with the first verse. Jesus said, I am the true vine, my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bear fr bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you, so that you may joy, you, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, thank you to uh, each of you who have um, already mailed in an estimate of giving card for 2022. We've received a number of those. Uh, thank you for, for doing that and making that uh, prayerful commitment to support the church. Thanks to those of you who will do so today and, and in the weeks ahead as we um, carefully steward the financial life of our congregation. Let me th say thank you for your generosity in making the ministries of, of Davidson UMC possible by your faithful support. Thank you. Uh, we've come to the end of our series on Bishop Snazy's book, Five Practices of Fruitful Living. And over the past several weeks, we've explored how these particular practices or disciplines are a means of our connecting with God, how they're central to and essential uh, to a life of faithful Christian discipleship and how they enable us to be the body of Christ and to live fruitful lives. The practices themselves are, uh, in kind of Wesley's language, they're channels through which God's grace is poured into us and through us. Ways in which we experience God's love and grace for ourselves more fully and ways that God transforms us to be more completely the people God longs for us to be. We've explored how God uses the church to extend the radical hospitality of God, the invitation and welcome of Christ to others. We turn no one away and invite all to 
uh, to the table of our Lord. How, how having been gathered and welcomed, we, we enter this place to offer a sacrifice of thanks and praise to God through passionate worship. And then by connecting with God in passionate worship, we're moved to a deeper relationship with God through intentional faith development, prayer, study, reflection, conversation, as we grow in our faith. And then from intentional faith development and lives that in which we, are, we, we deepen our relationship with God, we're moved to, uh, as Di- Pastor Diane said a few weeks ago, to respond to the world's suffering through lives of risk-taking mission and service. And then finally, all of that supported by our extravagant generosity as we give thanks to God for God's extravagant generosity towards us and then express that same generosity towards others. What we have in the five practices is a holistic way of life, a way of experiencing God's love more fully and of living a life that matters, a life of meaning and purpose that makes a difference in the world. So we've talked a lot about the practices themselves, about those those five disciplines, practices through which we grow in grace and become more fully the people God longs for us to be, and, and how they are the roadmap for helping us be the church that God longs for us to be. So I want to say just a bit about the idea of um, more kind of the larger picture of fruitful living, because that's, of course, the title of the book, Five Practices not just for the sake of the practices, but five practices for fruitful living. So let's think for a moment about that that half of the book's title, Fruitful Living, and then try to tie all of this together in light of the gospel reading from John. A couple of weeks ago, the staff gathered over in the fellowship hall for um, about three hours of of focused reflection and conversation and time together um, on those questions that I posed back in April or so when I began ministry here at Davidson. And those were, who will we be and what difference are we called to make? So the staff gathered to spend some time thinking and praying together about what that means for us as we try and lead the church well. Who will we be? What difference are we called to make? In light of our focus on the five practices that orient us toward God and being the people and the church God longs for us to be, I shared with the staff that vision, vision is what we see on the horizon. If you can just imagine that for a moment. It was dark when I left home this morning, but by the time I came to Davidson, the sun had, was beginning to rise. The light was, was coming for the new day. Vision is, is what we see on the horizon. It answers the question who we will be. It's the big picture of where God is taking us as God's people. It's larger than any one person and even larger than any one congregation. For us as Christians, it is the vision of a fruitful church that points to the kingdom of God, where no one is hungry or thirsty, where we live together in peace, where strangers and enemies literally sit at the same table, 
where God's justice reigns and where the oppressed are set free, where people are liberated from their sin and the injustices that the principalities and powers uh, that, that bind them and hold them back and rob them of the life that, and joy that God intends where walls come down and all are welcome and all God's children experience abundant life, that complete joy that John talks about. That's the vision set in motion by Christ. That's where God is taking us. That is the end of the story, the fulfillment of all creation. And again, we the church are called to be a foretaste of that vision. In other words, when the community looks at Davidson United Methodist Church or any other church, they should see a glimpse of that new world, of what's coming on the horizon. Mission, then, is what we do. Mission is how we get to the vision. And we reaffirm our mission every Sunday morning. We will be the body of Christ in the community. That's that's what we do. We will be together, the body of Christ, in the community. Our mission entails living as Christ in and for the community around us. Abiding in Christ, remaining connected to the vine through practices, those practices that we've been talking about, and then having abided in Christ, we bear kingdom fruit. Mission entails our being the hands and the feet of Christ in all the places that we live and work and play, mirroring the character and the speech and the actions of Christ out there on the margins, as Bishop Snazy says, in a way that transforms the world and seeks the thriving of all of our neighbors so that everyone has what they need to live and everyone knows that they are first, finally, and forever loved by God. And the way we then do this, live out the mission of being the body of Christ that points to the vision of God's kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven, we do this through strategy or, if you will, practices. And we say it every week. Worship, education, fellowship, service. I hope you hear echoes of passionate worship, education or intentional faith development, fellowship, hospitality, Service, risk-taking mission and service. So that becoming a glimpse of the kingdom by living as the body of Christ in the community through the practices that enable us to bear fruit and all undergirded by our extravagant generosity mirroring the generosity of God. And then, of course, we could talk a little bit about the, the values that kind of undergird all of that. We, we don't have our values written down anywhere in particular, but, you know, values are kind of the things that you sort of, when you walk into a place, you kind of, you sort of breathe it in. It's just sort of a part of the place. I think about, and this is not a commercial for Chick-fil-A, but I, I think about Chick-fil-A, you know, you, you don't, it doesn't take you long being in a Chick-fil-A to know that hospitality is one of their values. You just sort of experience it in the place. Um, that's, that's how the values... When I think of Davidson United Methodist Church, just my having lived among you all for a bit, um, I think about um, the fact that everyone's welcome here in this place. 
That, that is something we value, want to value more, that all can come and find a seat at the table. All. All means all are welcome in this place. Christ turns no one away from the table. I, I think about um, beauty maybe as one of our values. This space is beautiful. The music is beautiful. And that beauty points us to to God and the beauty of God and God's love for us. I think about um, the next generation matters now, not in the future, but now we invest in children and youth. They have uh, space in our, on our committees and our teams and in worship. They lead almost every Sunday morning in some way. That next generation matters now, and I think about, um, not surprisingly, being in Davidson, North Carolina, this is a place that values being able to ask hard questions and wrestle with the difficult things in life. We don't shy away from that. God engages our hearts and our minds. I think that's a value here. That's a, just a little window into my kind of bigger picture thinking uh, about the practices and our living fruitful lives as the body of Christ. And John says that all of this is possible when we abide in Christ, when we make our home in Christ. It's not something we accomplish on our own or by our own effort. Rather, this kind of fruitfulness, the change that God wants to bring about in me and in you, and the change and difference God wants to make in the world. It, it all happens when we live each day connected to Christ the vine. Christ is indeed the life-giving vine, himself a sign and a foretaste of God's kingdom, God's beloved community, the vision. Christ is the first fruits of that vision. He's the image of what it means to be fully human and fully alive and the source of what it means to be fully human. And fully alive. In the midst of a world of loneliness and anxiety and anger and fear, of increasing division, where, where more and more it seems folks are just kind of at each other all the time, in a world of pandemics and racial inequality and gender inequality and injustice and toxic politics and crippling poverty growing income disparity, all kinds of violence. In that world, our world, Christ Jesus is planted at the very center as the life-giving vine, a sign and a source of a, of a different way of life and a better way of being human. Christ points us to and is the means to life as God intends for it to be lived. So if we want to capture a, a vision of where all is headed, we should do nothing less than look at Christ and keep looking at Christ until we've been captured by him and his vision for the way the world should be. And then we lean into the practices and allow God's Spirit to fill us with grace and mercy and love to make us more like Jesus. John makes the bold and beautiful claim that all who come to Christ, who abide in Him and make their home in Him, 
will find that fullness of life, will have complete joy, so that as long as we remain attached to Christ, connected to the vine through the life-giving practices, we will bear kingdom fruit. And not just any fruit, but fruit you all know, like Paul talks about, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, generosity, faithfulness, self-control. In other words, the more we hang around Christ and abide in Him, the more like Christ we become. The more we can fulfill our vision of being the body of Christ in the community. And the more the world then can look at us and see the vision of God's renewed creation. That's our calling and our hope. And it is a beautiful way of life. We are called to do nothing less than to bless the world. And this, this little bit from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, um, the first time I encountered it, changed my way of, I won't, I'll tell you, I don't always live this out or live into it, but it changed my way of thinking about the world and what the church is called to do and be. We're called to bless the world. By living before the world a different way of being human. And Bonhoeffer says this about that. Blessing means, just picture this for a moment. Um, Blessing means laying one's hand on something and saying, despite everything, you belong to God. What a different world it might be if that were the posture of the church more often than not. I think about Jesus and how that was the posture of Jesus, laying his hands on people and saying, despite everything, you belong to God. This is what we do with the world that inflicts such suffering, Bonhoeffer says. We do not abandon it. We don't repudiate it, despise it, or condemn it. Instead, we call the world back to God. We give it hope. We lay our hand on it and say, may God's blessing come upon you. May God renew you. So body of Christ, Davidson United Methodist Church, that's who we are and that's the difference we're called to make. And it is a beautiful life. Amen.